0: So, happy new year, everyone, and again, welcome to Inside Out. I've been thinking, happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year to you, too. Happy 2021. Is anybody else glad 2020's over with? <clears throat> has anybody else noticed not much has changed? <laughs> Other than me? It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Here's what I know about when a new year rolls around. <clears throat> I often wonder to myself, the people that are really, like, looking forward and invested into a new year and really excited that things are going to be different and change... I always wonder about how they feel about a week after they get going into the new year because it never changes. It's just the calendar changes. But here's what I would say. There are some things that I would encourage you to do. I am not a New Year's resolution guy. Never have been. Well, let me take that back. I used to have a New Year's resolution. Guess what it was? My New Year's resolution, my, my new Year's resolution was not to say the F-bomb. Now, look at me. You guys, you guys have known me for a while. Can you imagine me dropping the F-bomb over and over and over again? That's crazy, isn't it? But that was my New Year's resolution all the time, and I would make it about 15 minutes, and that's about all the farther I would get. So that used to be my New Year's resolution. So now what I do, I do use this as a time to reflect, though. I want to reflect back on last year and see some things that I can do better in regards to my Christian walk more clarity in my Christian walk, whatever that looks like. So tonight what I want to do is we're going to be talking about hearing from God. Because I really, I've been praying, and my wife and I talked about this last week. I thought, what can I share with you guys as high school students that would make a difference for you, that would be helpful for you in regards to hearing about God? And that's what I heard was hearing from God. So what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about that. But here's what I want. I got a question for you to discuss at your table real quick. Another deep theological question like we always start with. Are you a heavy sleeper or a light sleeper? That's my deep theological start for the night. How's that? Are you a heavy sleeper or are you a light sleeper? Turn to your tables, talk amongst each other for a moment, and we'll get back going here in a second. I just got told I'm not normal because I hate sleep. I think sleep's an absolute waste of time, personally. If I get six hours a night, that's a lot for me. So I don't like, and if I could do without food, see, but God made us to rest and to eat, and I don't like either one of them. I think they're a waste of time. Actually, I can tell you guys, with all, I, in all seriousness, you know what I'm looking forward to from getting to heaven? Two things. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to have anywhere else I need to be. Now think about that, because most of you got to go home and do homework tonight, right? So you're thinking, Dan, come on get to it, get through it so I can get home and get my homework done. Think about when you're in heaven though. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight, but you're not going to need you're gonna, you're not going to want to be anywhere else and I can rest. I don't have to hurry. I don't have temptation to fight off and I can just rest. That's the good news about getting to heaven. Although Jesus is there, that's pretty good news too cuz the Lord will be there. Okay. What I want to talk about tonight is I want to use an example in scripture for you guys of what it looks like to hear from God, and then we're going to break down how do we hear from God in today's world, as Christians today, how do we hear from God, so I want to talk about a guy named Samuel, Samuel is one of the most famous prophets in the Old Testament, a lot of people know who Samuel is and have heard of him, but I want to give you guys a little bit of background, Samuel's mom was named Hannah, okay, Hannah couldn't have kids, but Hannah went to the temple year, the tabernacle year after year after year, seeking God, praying that she would be pregnant because Penina was, Elkanah, Elkanah was her husband. In those days, he had two wives, Penina and Hannah. Penina had kids and she would ridicule Hannah for not having any kids. And we'll talk about that because that's a whole message when it comes to bullying and how we respond to that because how Hannah responded to Penina's brutal attacks about not having a kid. You know how she responded? She prayed. She didn't retaliate. She prayed. She sought God's face through this. So Hannah went to the temple one year, the tabernacle, and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she ran into a prophet named Eli. And Eli thought she was drunk because she was praying in such anguish and such desperation that she wanted a child. And Eli looked at her like it's kind of early in the day to be drinking. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And she says, I'm not drunk because she was weeping and she was praying silently to herself. Okay. And Eli said to her, may the Lord give you what you pray for and that it will be so by next year. So guess what? Hannah became pregnant. And Hannah promised God when she became pregnant that she would dedicate this child. Ladies, look at me. Imagine this. God finally blesses you with a kid, and what happens to you is you've promised God that I will dedicate this child back to you. That's what she said she would do with Samuel, her child. And when Samuel was weaned, probably about the age of three or four years old, guess what Hannah did? She went full circle, and she committed, she fulfilled what she committed to God. See, a lot of times when God gives us gifts in life, We want to hang on to them. We pray that, Lord, give me this, and we don't hold them with our hands open like this. We hold whatever God's blessed us with close to our chest, and we say, okay, thanks, now it's mine. That's not what Hannah did, because Hannah realized she received a gift from God, and it was that child. And what Hannah did is she went ahead and fulfilled that, and she dedicated Samuel back to God. And at the age of about three to five years old, Samuel went to work at the tabernacle for Eli. So that's what's going on in this. So Samuel's job is every day, Samuel would go. You ever have people greet you at church, open the door for you, say, welcome to church? That was Samuel's job. He would open the door for the people at the tabernacle so they could come in and worship God every day. That's crazy when you think about it. One of the most famous process, prophets in the Old Testament, that's what his responsibility was before God at that time. So what we're going to touch on now is we're going to lean into uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And right now, Samuel's about 12 years old when this is going on. So I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to break it down real quick, and then we're going to talk about how we hear from God today. So if you've got a bulletin, hopefully you do, <clears throat> we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, that's the prophet, by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. <clears throat> the reason why that is, pause, the reason why the, the, they didn't hear from God very much is because of their disobedience and sin. The Israelites were very disobedient and very, they chased after idols, they chased after everything except for God. <clears throat> I want you to hear this, Okay. They chased after everything but God, but they were still confessing to be Israelites. See, I believe we can be Christians, especially young people need to get their arms around this. You can profess to be a Christian and really genuinely, I believe, love God, but put your heart towards other things other than God. And here's what I know about God. He'll only put up with that for so long. And you see this in the Scripture in the Old Testament that God got sick and tired of the Israelites doing what they were doing, being unfaithful to Him, adultery, was this. They were going after false idols and gods. So understand that this is why God got upset with them. It was their own fault, their own doing. So it was very rare to hear from the Lord, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not quite went out. So that lamp of God is the, uh, the fedora, I think is what they call that. But anyway, there were candles that they would light every evening in the tabernacle, And so you see this, that they hadn't gone out yet. This is getting towards early morning is what you're looking at when that scripture comes to mind. So the lamp of God had not yet quite gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Pause. The ark of God, do you guys know what that was? That was where God dwelled. In that day, in the tabernacle, that's where God himself would dwell is there. Now, New Testament tells us, Paul tells us, we're now The the temple of God. We're now where God dwells when we're Christians. But in those days, God dwelled at the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments, um, a jar of manna, and Aaron, Moses' brother, Aaron's staff that had budded. So those were the things in the Ark of the Covenant. And it says, Samuel was sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel? Yes, yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I did not call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never gotten a message from the Lord before. Pause. I'm going to talk about this in a second again, but I want to make sure I touch on this. Samuel was faithful to God and knew who God was, but he had not yet encountered God himself. This is where Samuel's relationship with God began. Was right here tonight, early in the morning when God was speaking to him. So when you see this, and I'm going to touch on this in a second, so hang on to that thought, okay? Because he'd never heard from the Lord before, so the Lord called to him a third time, and once more Samuel got up. Samuel got up, went to Eli, said, "Here I am." And the Lord called a third time, and he said, here I am, did you call me? And then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if someone calls you again, say, watch closely now, when you're reading scripture, watch this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, <clears throat> and the Lord came and called before as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out my threats against Eli and his family from the beginning to the end. I warned them about the judgment that is coming upon him and his family forever, because he and his sons were blaspheming God, and he hadn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and, the, and his sons will, forever be for, will, will never be forgiven and sacri- by sacrifice or offering. So that's God sending punishment towards Eli because of what he hadn't done, he and his kids, because they were blaspheming God, okay? But watch this. I want you guys to learn to read Scripture this way. Back up a little bit. Go back up to verse 9. So, Samuel, so he said to Samuel, go lie down, and if, the Lord, if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And if you drop down a couple of verses, when Samuel answers the Lord, he says, speak, for your servant listens. What do he leave out there? Lord. Yeah, Lord. Did you catch that? Eli said, go back and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. But Samuel didn't know the Lord yet. Right now is his encounter. So Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. You guys see that? When you're reading scriptures, start to find these kind of things. And the other thing I notice in this too is every time the first three times that the Lord spoke to Samuel, he said Samuel, Samuel's name one time. The fourth time when the the Lord spoke to Samuel, He said His name twice, Samuel, Samuel. He only the only time you really see that in Scripture that I studied was when God talked to Moses, Abraham, and Jacob. That's when God's getting this point across to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel responded, Speak, Lord, Lord, your servant is listening. There's three things I want to touch on briefly that I think we can learn from Samuel in this story. The very first thing is his practice. Because it says in verse 1, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. I want you guys to get this. Samuel was obeying all he knew. Samuel was doing everything he he knew to do at that time. Do you guys understand that? Watch this. See if I can get my point across this way. I have a lot of people, see, I don't want you guys listening to me. Do you guys know that? I don't want you listening to your leaders. I don't want you listening to me. I want you to take some advice. Hear what I'm saying right. But I ultimately want you to do, and do what you do and do what you don't do because God's the one that told you not to do it. Does that make sense? Because that way I know when I'm not around, your leader's not around, you'll listen to God because you know his voice. See, Samuel was doing everything he knew to do. Now watch. I could take this table of ladies right here and I can guarantee you that not every one of you are following the Lord like I would like to see you follow God. Do you know that? you're coming up short. And I could be critical of that, and I could judge you for that. But you know why I don't do is because I don't believe God's talked to you about the things I think he needs to talk to you about yet. You guys follow what I'm saying? I want you to listen to God, because it's not for me to be critical. The things we talk about in youth group, and I talk to you ladies about, and the guys in this room, are things that I want you to watch for the road signs in life. So when God brings something to your mind, you can go, oh, now I get it. Does that make sense to you, ladies? So in this room, I can stand at this table of guys, and I will guarantee you that even Matt and Brian aren't doing everything that I think they should be doing as Christians. But it's not for me to say whether they should or shouldn't be doing it. It's for me to help them hear God's voice, so when God speaks to them, they'll be obedient to Him. Do you guys understand that? Does that make sense to you guys? That's what Samuel was doing. Samuel was being very obedient. Since the time his mom dropped him off at The tabernacle, Samuel had a habit of obedience to his authority, and Eli was his authority. So Samuel already had a practice of obedience. Do you? Maybe not to God, but think about it this way. Do you have a practice of obedience to your parents? Or are you frustrated because they keep telling you what to do? You picking up what I'm laying down? Are you mad at mom and dad all the time? Are you frustrated with teachers at school? Are you mad at your coaches in sports? Are you constantly just frustrated with your authority in your life? Because if you are, you have an issue with God. Because see, here's what I do believe. I think God puts authority in our life so that we learn to be obedient to authority like Samuel was to Eli. So that way when God speaks to me, I will naturally be obedient to his authority. Do you guys understand that? And if you're fighting with your parents at home, I want you to hear me on this. Stop fighting with them. Stop thwarting their authority. Don't try to go behind their back. They've got good interest for you. Follow what they encourage you to do. It's only for a moment, but that moment you're learning how to be respectful and follow authority. That way when you're out on your own in college and in the workforce, you'll listen to God. God. You guys picking up what I'm laying down? I hope you guys hear this because this is critically important for us to understand. And it doesn't matter what age you're at. Everybody's the same way. He He was doing his job the best that he knew to his ability. Samuel was used by God because he was willing to be God's servant. He was used by God because he was willing to be God's servant, not because he was perfect but he had surrendered himself to that pattern of obedience working at the tabernacle. The second thing you see here is the position. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle. You guys know the story from we just read it. One night he was in bed. Eli and him had that conversation, and suddenly God spoke to him, and he realized it was God. But here's what Samuel did. When Eli, says go, when Eli realized it was God talking to him, he said, You go back and lay down. Watch this now. Pay attention to me because you guys are busy. Is there anybody in this room that's just got all kinds of time on their hands and they're doing absolutely nothing with their life? Raise your hand if you are because I want to know who you are. Nobody. We're all busy, right? We've got a thousand things going on, but here's what Samuel did that's critical. Samuel did what Eli said, but Samuel was quiet and he was laying still and he was listening for the voice to see if it would speak to him again. Are you quiet and are you still before God? ever. I don't think we spend much time in that posture, in that position. That's a critical, God says it this way, be still and know that I am God. I read that as if you're not still, you're going to miss me. If you're not still, you're not going to know I'm God because you're going to be so busy, you're going to go right by me throughout the day, and you're not going to notice me, and you're not going to consider me in all the things that you do in your life. That's what I think God is trying to tell us, be still and know that I'm God. The third thing is this, proximity. Samuel was near the ark of God, and suddenly the Lord called out to him. Samuel lived in the presence of God. Samuel lived in the presence of God. And you know what should scare us to death? So do we. No matter how you're behaving, no matter how you're walking with God, you're living in the presence of God because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. You're living in the presence of God, but Samuel had a unique understanding because his proximity was right next to the Ark of the Covenant where he knew. God said that's where he dwelled. As a Christian, look at me. You can't run from God. As a Christian, he's in here. Try running from him. Try getting away with something that you're trying to do that he knows you're up to. You can say, ah, You can turn still and do things against and away from God, no doubt, but God's always around. He's omnipresent. Samuel, his proximity was always in the presence of God. And here's what I know, and I really truly believe this. God will call to adults, and he will try to get our attention, but I really genuinely believe this with all my heart. Adults are slow to warm up to God. Do you know why? Because we get too much stuff on our plate and we don't think we're worthy, or we're just too busy, or we're just too stinking stubborn to surrender our life to Christ. So you know who he calls on? You guys. He calls on each one of you in the room, no matter your age, he will call you to do something. Are you willing to be God's servant? Are you willing to follow what God lays on your heart, not worrying about being perfect, but just being obedient? See, because I really believe that God, He's has trouble finding a lot of adults, But he finds a lot of young people who who love him with all their heart and follow him faithfully. Samuel realized, when Samuel realized God was speaking to him, he responded immediately. Do you? We all know God's voice, don't we? We know what it sounds like. Are we like Samuel, and when God tells us something new, we do it? Do you realize what Samuel had to do here? Samuel was charged by God to go tell Eli that God was going to judge Eli and his family, which eventually they were dead because of it. How would you like to be Samuel? How would you like to be that the first thing God asked you to do? Come to me and tell me because I've been a disobedient schmuck that God's going to judge me for it, and you're going to be the one that's going to have to tell me. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to being a Christian. It's not easy. But by God's grace, it's doable. And it's such a joy to do it when we do it right here I am, speak, your servant is listening. And then he did what God told him to do. Now quickly, here are some ways that I believe God communicates with us today. I'm gonna tell you guys something that my pastor told me. I must've been a Christian for about a month or two when Pastor Dan told me this. I went into his office and I sat across the table from him. I did not know him from anybody. I went to church a couple of times and I was at church on a Sunday morning and I saw that man standing on stage telling me, I was the only one in the room he was talking to, I think, that day, and he told me, if you're sick and tired of your life looking the way it is, he said, right here at the altar is where you get it fixed, and for some reason, thank God, I got up and went forward. I didn't even know what an altar call was, you guys. I would have still liked to have been my wife. Imagine this. We're sitting in church. I'm in the aisle because I'm not about to get in the middle because they might get me trapped because they're a bunch of nut job Christians, so I'm sitting in the aisle thinking, okay, this is kind of weird, And I'm listening to this man on the stage, and he's telling me, I can't remember what he preached. All I remember is if you're tired of your life being the way it is, you need to be up here at the altar, confess your sins to God, and he will heal you and give you a new heart. And for whatever reason that day, I believed him. I did not lean over to my wife and go, hey, Rach, what do you think? Should I give it a shot? Should I give this Christian thing a chance? Should I give it a try? No, I didn't even look at my wife. Tears running down my face. For some reason, I believed it. And it was by God's grace, I got up and I walked forward and I knelt down and I was the only person in church that day to do it. And 21 years later, here I stand. God is so faithful and so good to us, but we can't pass up opportunities when he speaks to my heart to either give my life to him or get back right with him. But here's what I want you guys to realize. Pastor Dan told me this long time ago. I went in his office, I said, Dan, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be another Christian that lives this way, says he lives this way, confesses something, and lives a different way. I knew too many of them. I knew way too many hypocritical Christians, and I didn't want to be that way. You know what Dan told me? Read your Bible, pray, go to church. And he said this to me, and I'll never forget it, and he said, remember this, your faith will always grow strongest when you can't hear God's voice. When you swear God's in Texas and you're in Wyoming, he said your faith will always grow strongest in that time. And I have found that to be one of the truest statements I've ever heard as a Christian because in that time, you know what I'm doing? I'm just making a choice that I believe. And I'm gonna walk faithfully with him. I'm gonna be like Job. I look to the north, south, east, and west. I can't see him anywhere, but I know his eyes upon me and I know he's always at work. So if you, as I go through this list in a minute, I want you guys to know, if you're going, Dan, I know, but I can't hear him, good for you. Make a choice to follow him anyway. Make sense? Because God's going to let you, by faith, walk at times without telling you what to do. And here's another one I want to share with you. If you don't know what God wants you to do and you're walking by faith, here's what I want you to do. Go back to the last thing he told you and do that until he tells you something else to do. You be like Samuel and you do the best to follow God with what you're supposed to be doing that you know God's put before you. Until he tells me something different, I'm going to be obedient to what he told me, not waiting for what he's going to tell me, and I'm going to walk by faith. But here's the deal. We hear from God through the Holy Spirit. As believers, like we talked about, the Spirit comes to live within us. That's John 14, 14, 17. Here's what I want you guys to know. Pay attention to the checks in your heart. Pay attention to the things that make you pause. Pay attention when you're getting ready to go out on a Friday or Saturday night and God goes, that's a check in your spirit, and I want you to be willing to go, okay, I won't. I'm going to stay home, or I'm going to avoid that party, or when God gives you a check in your heart, and you're wrapped up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend in your car, and all of a sudden, God starts whispering to you, go, really? You shouldn't be here. Don't do this. You have a choice to make. Are you going to be obedient to that Holy Spirit that speaks to our heart within us, And when he speaks to you, it's because he loves you. He's not trying to steal your fun. He's trying to keep your soul in the right spot. So when you get a check in your heart, you listen to that, and you reason it out, and you ask for advice, or you get out of wherever you're at. And look at me on behalf of every leader in this room. I promise you, with all my heart, you got our phone numbers. On a Friday or Saturday night, if you feel like you're stuck in a situation that you should not be in, I promise if you call us, we will come and get you leaders, am I right? We will drive across town. I would drive to Rapid City to rescue you guys because that's how much we care about you. My kids, when they were younger, they used to say, they'd say, Dad, hey, can I go do this? And I'd be like, you know what? I'd drive them crazy. But every once in a while, I'd be, you know what, Tyler, for some reason, or Jenny or Taylor, for some reason, not tonight. I don't know why. You're just going to have to trust me. I just really believe this is not a good thing for you to be doing right now. And sometimes they trust me, and sometimes they'd blow through the barrier. But see, God was talking to me on their behalf as a dad, as a parent. When you feel that check in your heart, you guys, you listen to it, because that's how much God loves you. Also through the Holy Spirit, it says that by the Spirit, He's the Spirit of truth, and He will guide you in all truth. And it says here, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring all remembrance that I have said to you. In John 14, 26. If we're going to remember what Jesus has said to us, how do we do that? Better read your Bible, don't you? If you don't read your Bible, the Holy Spirit can't remind you of all the things that Jesus has taught you. Amen? If you don't memorize Scripture, you're going to go out to war without your weapons. You've got to do these things. That's the importance of it. Through His Word, that's the second way. Through His Word, 2 Timothy 3, 3, 16, God, all Scripture is God-breathed. God revealed Himself to Samuel through His Word. When you look at Elijah, when Elijah had made a run for it from um, Jezebel, ran down to the cave, God says, what are you doing here? And God started talking to him. And all of a sudden, God had a great windstorm come, come by the cave that Samuel was in, or uh, Elijah was in. A great windstorm came by, and Elijah listened, and he couldn't hear God in that windstorm. And then there was a great earthquake that happened outside that cave, and Elijah listened, but he couldn't hear God. And then there was fire Outside the cave, the scripture says. And Elijah listened and he couldn't hear God. And then all of a sudden, a gentle whisper came by. That's why we need to be quiet. That's why we need to sit still. A gentle whisper, it says, came by. And, and Elijah heard God's voice. Voice, And you know what Elijah did? He covered up his face with his cloak because he knew he couldn't look into the face of God. And then he came out of the cave. With a gentle whisper, he spoke to Elijah Another way is through, through nature and God's, God's creation. I'll make this one real quick. There are two revelations in, world, in the world where God speaks to us. One, general revelation. That's the stars in the sky. When you walk outside tonight, you look up into the star, stars in the sky, that's God speaking to you. The other way, that's general revelation. The other way, special revelation. That's the Bible. That's God revealing to himself to you through Scripture. The heavens proclaim the glories of God, Psalm 19 says. The other way is through other believers. We hear through God. Samuel heard about God by, Eli, by Eli's recommendation. We got to make sure we're doing that. And the other thing is this, through music. I believe God will speak to you through music as well. He will use that because he did it with Jehoshaphat. when Jeho- Jehoshaphat had a great battle going on before him and he didn't know what to do. Guess what he did first? He sent out the musicians. That's why in the beginning of a service, what do we do first? We listen to music before we do the word. Because Jehoshaphat had a battle that was overwhelming and he was no way he was going to win it. And he sent out the musicians out first to praise God. That's what he did. So I believe God will use music also and through prayer. That's how Hannah found her answer for Samuel when she had a son. And that is what Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, when you call on me and come to me and pray, I will listen to you. And I want you guys to always remember, prayer changes me. When I pray, God doesn't always fix what I'm going through, but God does change my heart so that I can deal with it to his glory. Always remember that. When I pray and I go before God with my issues and the things that are on my heart, God always goes before me and what the situation is. But the one thing God will always do is work on my heart first to deal with what I'm going through. Make sense? Turn to your tables, discuss these things, and we'll wrap up here in just a couple of minutes. If I can have everybody's attention back up here real quick, you guys can keep talking in just a minute, but I want to play a song for you tonight. I want to wrap up with a video by Mercy Me called Word of God Speak. And what I want you guys to do tonight while this video is playing, as always, I want you guys to take a moment and just let God search your heart. Listen to what he has to say to you. What would he have you do differently, if anything at all? Which direction would he have you go? Maybe tonight's the night that he wants you to come back to him. Maybe you've gotten lost and you've gotten caught up in some sin as a teenager. Repent and come back to him. Maybe tonight's the first night you're ready to give your life to the Lord. I don't know what that looks like. If you are, please find me or one of the leaders before you leave and we'll talk with you. But tonight while this song plays, word of God speak, allow the word of God to speak to you tonight to remind you of all the things that scripture has taught us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful for your word. For the truth of it and how relevant it is for us still to this day. I pray, Lord, going into this next year, 2021. This is a strange time for a lot of people, Lord, in this nation. Young and old. And we need to hear from you, Father. We need to hear your voice. We need the direction and discernment and wisdom on what to do. I'm often reminded, Lord, when Joshua and the Israelites were getting ready to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. You told them. When the Ark of the Covenant moves, where you dwelled, when the Ark of the Covenant moves, you move and you follow it because you've never been this way before. Father, 2021 is here. And there's so many strange things in our landscape today that are unrecognizable. And we've never been this way before. So help us to fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Help us to be like Samuel, Lord, to just do what we know you want us to do. And until we hear from you next, we just keep doing that and faithfully being obedient to you and serving you. And when you speak to us, Lord, may we be like Samuel, that we quiet our hearts, that we lay still, that we listen for your voice. And when you speak to us, we would be obedient to do what you tell us to do. And you tell us because you love us and you have good for us. And may we always be like Samuel. And realize that we are in the proximity of the one true living God. Your Holy Spirit dwells within us, Lord. And I know you're faithful to speak to us. Help us to be obedient and as faithful to listen. And to do what James says, not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word, Lord. That we may bring you glory, not to earn salvation. Not to earn anything from you, but to glorify you, to honor you, to serve the one who served us first, who gave his life for us, who sacrificed everything for our salvation. Now may we sacrifice everything for your glory. And in all we do in word and deed, may it be to your glory by your grace and by your mercy and by the power of your Holy Spirit that dwells within our heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.